guys, Warren Williams here, obviously, from warrenwilliamscoaching.com. So it's been a little while, well, quite a while, probably seven, eight months since I've actually got a podcast out. But, you know, I, um, I've just been so busy with, like many of you, you know, we're going through what we're going through over the last two years. I've just had lots of projects I've been working on, lots of clients I've been coaching, and lots of groups I've been working on. So um, today, you know, I want to share just a short podcast, and my goal is to try to put these out every couple of weeks. I've got someone on board that's gonna actually take over producing these, which is why it's been a while because um, I didn't wanna put one out unless someone was doing one, was able to you know publish it for me. So here we are. So today I wanna kinda of just, I'm not, you know, today I'm just talking. There is nothing I've structured. I'm just gonna literally put some content out that I think you guys will enjoy. So today I'm just gonna be talking about effective leadership and I think this supports everyone today you know we're at a point in the world where so many people are going through a purge and this is the thing that a lot of people in the western world that are so busy caught up in the stress of it that they haven't had a chance to step back to give themselves a perspective on what they're challenged with and how to get through it is a saying um, the only way through is in, you know, going inside yourself. Um, so when you go in, you go through, you know. You go through the challenge and learn from it. So we're in a world today where so many people are focusing on escapisms whenever they are faced with some form of pain or trauma. They go through some form of need to escape because most humans in the Western world are at a point where they think they have to escape their pain through some form of numbing agent, such as whether it's martial arts. You know, some people are just, you know, funneling their rage, their anger, or their disappointment, their resentment, their fear into martial arts, and you know, that's that's good. They're funneling it um, and directing it, you know, redirecting that energy. And then some people, they are going into drugs, which isn't so great, you know. So, you know, with this, we have um, forms of escapism that are seen as accepted, such as doing martial arts or throwing yourself into a course of study or throwing yourself into a relationship that you might not be ready for. And sometimes these are seen as acceptable addictions. And then you have the unacceptable addictions or seen as negative addictions, such as um, taking drugs, um, alcohol addiction, um, addiction to pain, you know, self-harming. And these are all the different forms of escape. And what most humans in the Western world have not learned yet through the education system, the social system, and through parental teachings is that we are supposed to embrace challenge and embrace pain. That's why that's saying the only way out is through. You know, the only way out is through. And the through is through your own demons and your personal challenges. So it's not about escapism because escapism is only good in the short term. Escapism is only good if you need to compartmentalize a problem such as you just had a painful um, emotional breakup with, with a partner and tomorrow morning you've got a meeting 
with your board of directors or with the company and you need to be on your A-game, as they say. That is a point in time where you just need to escape. We need to pull it to the back. You need to compartmentalize it and focus on the task at hand tomorrow because you don't have enough time to fully process the pain. So you compartmentalize it. But you're supposed to do that and then revisit it at some point in the near future. Otherwise, what happens is any form of emotional trauma that has not been looked at from an introspective point of view and understood and learned from will calcify in your body at a emotional, energetic level. Now, if you're not familiar with this, what I'll say to you is, how many of you know people that have been scarred emotionally through their childhood? They may have had a childhood um, sweetheart who broke their heart when they were 10. They may have uh, observed domestic abuse in the home. Um, they may have got a really bad injury when they were very young, like five or six, and now they're too scared to go in a swimming pool because they almost drowned or go on the horse because the one time they did, they fell off and they were embarrassed in front of their friends. Any of these sort of things. How many of you know people like that? Pretty much everyone, right? Across the board, we've all gone through some form of childhood trauma. And that emotional energy stays with us because it dictates how we conduct ourselves, the choices we make, the people we date, the relationships we have, the way we vote. All of these things are affected by instances that happened early in our lives that we have not processed and delved into to understand so that we can heal. So because of that, we go through emotional trauma and we calcify that emotional trauma the longer that trauma is there because more and more layers build. So if you experience something at five years old and you've not dealt with it, by the time you're 35 years old, that's 30 more years that that emotion has been buried under layers and layers of information, layers and layers of actions, layers and layers of personality traits and choices. So hopefully, you know, that's a quick synopsis. You know, this is the point that we're at right now on the planet. From 2020 onwards, we are in this great purge because humans have, again, found ways to create numbing activities so they don't have to face their problems because the western world is so busy they don't have time as they say but now we are at the great point of awareness so many people were faced with a choice whether to accept specific things that the government said or to go against it to be compliant or to be resistant, to fit in with the status quo, or to try and stand out. So in all of that, there's massive divisions, but the whole point here is in learning to become your own leader, not becoming a sheep. So I'm sure you're all familiar with this concept of herd mentality. This is something that's been coming about quite a lot in recent years. And herd mentality is basically coming from a point where humans in the first seven years of their lives have no filtration pathway 
to information. This is driven by the ego. So in the first seven years of your life, you are open, you're an open vessel to information. So if your parents were into football and they supported Liverpool as an example, a football team, well, you, when you grow up, you accept that reality and you also support Liverpool as a football team. If you grow up a Christian in a Christian household, guess what? You're a Christian. Or a Muslim, you're a Muslim. A Jew, you're a Jew. You have no filtration pathway. You accept everything as absolute truth. If your parents are vegan, you're vegan. If they're meat eaters, you're meat eaters. You're a meat eater. You accept everything as a reality because you have no ability to filter in the first seven years of your life. So every time you receive information, you accept it as real. And then what happens is you learn to react to that information. So we build, my point here is we build a specific way of dealing with things that we've learned from the first seven years of our lives. We learn to filter out what doesn't work after the age of seven because that will compound and challenge the belief that we established in the first seven years of our lives. So I want to say that again. In the first seven years of your life, you are taught specific realities by your parents, by religion, and by society. And then you believe those as absolute truth. You've never challenged it, and you believe it as absolute truth. How many of you know that Christian who has never, ever gone to another school of thought? They never said, let me go and read on the Quran and see if I believe that more than the Bible or the Talmud, or the Bhagavad Gita. You know, no one, you know, pretty much across the board will do that. They will stay in their religion for the whole life. So we know that in the first seven years of your life, whatever you think is true, you will think is true for the next 70 years of your life. Most people don't challenge their beliefs. So, you learn to create escapisms through societal, parental, and religious programming. So then what happens is you just push it to the side and you never deal with the challenges that you faced in life. So now, going back to what we're talking about with 2020, we're now at a point in time where when we went through lockdowns, you had a specific way of doing things that was changed instantaneously. And then you were forced to reevaluate certain things. The amount of relationships, the amount of um, marriages that have been dissolved in this lockdown period. Why? It's because people were at home with their loved ones and realized, I don't even like this person because they're around them all the time and they realized the values are not aligned. So you started to see people break up or get divorced dissolving their relationships. You started to see people that were working at jobs saying, I just realized now that I've had time to reset, I don't really enjoy traveling to work for one and a half hours in traffic, in queues. I just realized that I've missed so much time with my children that I can't get back because I was so consumed by the actions of every single day, I never actually sat down and thought about this. This pause, this lockdown has given me the time to do that. And now you're starting to see people change the direction of their lives because they're in this reset. 
some people that were in a corporate world have now um, opened like a florist shop because they just want, they're not so focused on money anymore. They're focused on a calmer state of mind. You've seen people that were in the corporate world moving into wellness. You've seen people that become yoga instructors. You see people that become um, shaman, become somatic healers, breath workers, check practitioners, um, life, life coaches. You've seen so many people going in rather than going out. You see, there's two types of people in the world. You've got those people who are the externalized people, where it's all about rank, power, authority, status, money. That's the external, the outside view. And then you've got the inside view, which is all about purpose, legacy, connection, love, empathy, authenticity, just passion. And so now you're seeing this divide and you're seeing people wanting to now reconnect to what they lost when they were a child. They had these passions and then they got beat out of them. There's a saying that your children are born God, but your parents beat it out of you. Children are a vessel. They have an openness and a connection to truth and an openness and connection to spirituality. Children are not born racist as an example they are taught racism going back to what we said about this programming if you are racist towards a specific um, race your children adopt that until a certain point where they may learn after the age of seven to start filtering but how many times have you seen children around each other in the first two three years of their lives hugging different race whether it's asian or or European or West Indian or Latina, they all hug and embrace each other. There's no division. There's no look at that person. I don't let, like their skin color. They 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 they're taught this by their parents. So you know society has to change, and now we're at that point. And this brings me to the kind of final part of what I'm going to say, because again, I'm, I want to keep this one short. Effective leadership. You know, the Native Americans talk about this all the time. We all are here to stand out, not to fit in. And so we call this, the Native Americans call this, the original medicine that we are all given. We all come here with an original medicine. And that original medicine is something that makes us unique. And whenever you explore this, you have what we call these three powers. And, you know, these three powers um, of the original medicine are really what allows us to kind of explore our potential and you know these three powers are the powers of presence position and communication and whenever we can use these three powers when we can embody these three powers we have what's called big medicine and some examples of people that have done this are Eleanor Roosevelt Mahatma Gandhi Martin Luther King Jr., Nelson Mandela. These are people that really embodied and exude the three powers and came with big medicine. Now, let me explain them. Presence, which is showing up or choosing to be present and visible. A magnetic or charismatic personality. Communication. This is about effective communication. When you talk, you have ability to delay or portray content, timing, context, 
You know, it's not about information, it's about context now. You avoid poor timing. You're able to speak clearly, but not be blunt, using words that are not abrasive. You have tonality. You have um, timing. You, know, you use non-verbal body language, something that inspires others. And then finally is the power of position, which is the willingness to take a stand. Think about that today, taking a stand for what you believe in, what you stand for, and how you stand. You know, word is bond, as they say. Mean what you say and say what you mean. Think about the politicians today. All these politicians that say one thing and do another thing. And I'm not going to get into all of that sort of stuff in detail today, but you guys can you guys know about this already. All of these politicians, as an example, I'll just share one thing. All of these politicians that tell you to do one thing and then they're outside partying. You know, loved ones that can't see their relatives because they're in lockdown, but yet the politicians are out partying. And that's not effective leadership. So if you look at the... Um, the, people, the, the leaders of yesteryear, the kings and queens, they used to ride out in battle and they led the army. They led from example. They didn't lead from words. They led from actions. So we're at a point, and this is the whole point of this podcast, we are at a point now where we have to start to be effective leaders. An effective leader is someone who demonstrates what they want you to do, they live it and then teach it, which is what one of my teachers, Paul Check, always says, live it and then teach it. See, we are at this point right now, this opportunity, this great space to be able to become what we say. We mean what we say and we say what we do. We do what we say, we are effective leaders. And we are all challenged with that right now. This is a beautiful reset where people are now so sick and tired of lies that they want to see truth in action. And we all have this great opportunity now to become the speakers, the leaders and guides, to learn from the past and to remember the teachings of what we learned before, which is always show up, stand up, step up, grow up and become the great leaders that the world needs today. So again, that's just food for thought. Again, a short podcast because, you know, I want to just kind of do a quick intro again. And, you know, I'm going to start sharing more of these and because, you know, it's the time we need to no longer be guided or led, but guide and lead. Again, another, another saying one of my teachers said. So hopefully this makes some sense to you and you're interested in your own growth. If you have opportunities, share this to people that you feel would get some benefit from this message because again, we all need to learn from each other and share information because we all have a responsibility to the growth of this planet, the cultivators, the gardeners of this planet. And if you want to learn more, you can do my expansion mentorship program, which is a six-month program, where I guide people on the path of growth as leaders and guides. I also have a six-week program called Ascension, which is more of an accelerator for people that are already in the space of guidance and they want to have tools and, fun and focuses to funnel that energy into a real structure that can allow them to kind of expand their container and to have a system in place to use it and reach more people.
So if you want to touch on any of those, if you want to share that with me, um, come onto my website, warrenmanscoaching.com, and all that information is there. Okay, guys, until next time, stay healthy, happy, whole, and whole being health.